loud. All right, and we're recording. Okay, I'm just gonna kick this off now. People are gonna be bouncing in and out. If you're not muted and you're not talking, mute yourself, please, uh, just for background noise sake. Um, I wanna thank everyone for coming, as I mentioned three times already. We had over 200 people interested in this event and I'm so thankful for Leslie because uh, I believe he's the one who drew this crowd. My name is Jennifer Susky. I am Senior Director of Sales for Go Moments. Um, we are on a mission to create a billion unforgettable experiences for hotel guests through text messaging. So if anyone wants more information on that, message me on LinkedIn after the call. Today's guest is Leslie Liu. He has been in the hospitality industry for over 20 years, starting in a hotel gift shop at a Five Diamond Resorts, uh, going to hospitality school, and then close to a decade at Starwood Hotels. Um, he's worked with some of the most talented revenue management professional professionals in the industry before building a revenue management organization at Provenance Hotels and leaving to start a new hospitality company to reimagine how hospitality meets people where they are. So I'm going to kick it off to you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited. As I mentioned, I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, and, you know, it's exciting because I the that, you know, it's like, this was always a year of reflection for me, 2020, the year of perfect vision and said, this was, it was, it was going to be the year that I started doing my own thing. Um, and the opportunity came a little sooner than I expected. And I said, man, I am so excited uh, to talk more about what, what I see the opportunities are uh, and hopefully inspire a few people to pursue building something that they, that they enjoy and would love to create of their own as well. So what, what I would love to do is kind of give you a few uh, um, a few kind of broad ideas of why I say the evolution of hospitality. And we talk about how, you know, the, one of the biggest things I see, and, and it's and very few of my talks or very few of my points are really reaction to COVID because I a lot of these observations are made in the last several years. Uh, but if anything, it's only allowed a lot of these examples to be accelerated, amplified, and made it a little bit more mainstream for people to understand. So, you know, what was so clear to me was that as I look at what is the opportunity lies that in the hospitality industry, specifically for hotels, it's the ultimate brick and mortar business and now the travel barrier. And why I say it's the ultimate brick and mortar business, because if you really think about it, what do we sell? Hotels sell a room night stay. If you don't stay at the hotel, you don't buy it. Sure, you book a reservation, you, you know, you, you, you could argue what the point of sale was at the time of reservation. Back in our day, if people aren't staying in your hotel, there's nothing to buy. So, and, and on top of that, when you talk about a travel barrier, you gotta fly, you gotta get in, you gotta get in a car, you have to check into the hotel, you gotta go somewhere to buy it. So when I say that's the ultimate brick and mortar business, um, it really is true. Because as I looked around me and said, you know what? You know, uh, grocery stores are a brick and mortar business. Uh, home improvement stores are a brick and mortar business. But you know what's different? You can get their products shipped to you, delivered to you, hand delivered to you. And if you don't, unlike a, unlike a hotel, if you can't, you can never have a roommate shipped to you or delivered to you. So that's why hotels are really uh, the ultimate brick and mortar business. And so then the other part that I look at too is that you know, more, if, I'm sure you all have seen it more and more in recent years, but more lifestyle brands have been entering the hotel space. Not necessarily the other way around. And I think that's a big opportunity in itself. You know, think about it, when you see in recent years, Equinox has entered the hotel space. 
That started off as a fitness lifestyle brand. And, and for years, Restoration Hardware has been working on, on a hotel. West Elm has been working on hotels. Shinola is developing hotels. They're, these weren't traditional hotel brands that start. They are lifestyle uh, brands who now want to enter a different space. So if you think about it, why haven't you seen hotel companies venture into spaces? Uh, I think that's a big opportunity. Uh, and, and so, and that I'll talk more about. And remember when I talked about how hotels generally just sell every night stay? One of the biggest challenges of that is that if you think about it, it's generally a high ticket item. Most hotel stays are at least $200, $300. Sure, there's a $100 hotel, there's a $150 hotel. But my point still is it's a two, $300 purchase. It's not something you go out casually window shop, buy, impulse buy, or, or buy for $50. So what do you think that Equinox and them are doing differently by coming into the hotel space? You know what? Fun, they're actually not doing much differently because what, what, they're, what they're doing is that they're, they are differentiating, but they're not really innovating. And I'm going I'm to break that down further. They come in, they have their own brands, they do it their own way. At the end of the day, are they really changing the are they really changing the hotel experience or hotel stay? They're not. Hmm. So so they're differentiating, right? Which they're saying is that you know so many hotels have not done lifestyle fitness well, so they're going to differentiate. But they they are they really aren't uh, doing something meaningfully different. Okay. So what do you think that hotel employees should expect to be different in the next, in the coming years? You know, um, I think there's a few things. First is that for hotel employees, I think they, they should expect a few different things. One is um, prepare for uncertainty. Uh, and and, and that, that's, that's not just economic, but in terms of I see the next few years will be the greatest transition of talent in the last decade. Think about all the people who are joining different teams. Think about all the people who are leaving their past jobs. Think about all the people who are, who are starting their next opportunity, whether that is employment or their company. I think that this is the, the biggest shakeup in the last 10 years um, part, as, part of the economic, as part of the economics of what's happening. But it's also part of, I think that the ability to, do, to build your own business um, and the ability for people to look for disruption has only accelerated. Yeah, that makes sense. And is that what inspired you to kind of uh, think of your, your own type of brand? Uh, it's been informing me. What, what, what inspired me was, you know, I, I look at, there's a few things that inspires me, which is that um, I actually, I've been purposely looking more and more outside of the hotel industry in the last several years. Because I, I, I was starting to see too much sameness, right? If you, if you think about it and say you go, you, you go to any hotel blindfolded, it was more or less the ubiquity of design, the same chevron carpets, the same Edison bulbs, the more and more and more and more things. Hospitality really moved away from the experience of the people. So what really inspires me uh, as I look at what, what I'm doing here is to say, how do I meet the people where they are? How do people live? 
how do people fundamentally live? And how do I enter those conversations? Because I believe, you know, where, where I believe we're now entering into a next, the next cultural expectation of a brand, right? The brands first, first started at, I'm not talking about hotel brands, I'm talking about brands at large. Okay. Brands, you know, you think back to whether it's, it's easy enough, think of the Mad Men era, the 1960s, where, where, the, where brands were front and center. A lot of those brands in the first wave, the first active brands were really feature side. What, what are the product of this brand? Why is this product better than their competitors? Why is their price point better differentiated uh, versus their competitors? Then in the last 20 years with globalization, it was always about the globalization of brands, right? So, so if, if act one was tell, tell what the brand is, tell the features of the brand, then act two was the globalization of brands, which is enter as many markets as you can, step up as many of the same experiences as you can in the world. And I think we're, at the, we're and now starting to enter that third act of brands, not the final act, but certainly a third, the third chapter. Uh, and I think this third chapter is that people expect brands to have values. So if you've seen the rise of B corporations in, certain, in, in recent years, or you've seen, if you recall 10 years ago, um, lead certification in architecture was a virtue signaling and a, and a certification of telling people that it was eco-conscious, sustainable, and it was virtue signaling and telling people, yes, I can build a building, but you should know more about why this building exists. So that, that is a building example but uh, let me take it back to the B Corp example. Dish soap has, has been around for many decades. You can buy the cheapest product, you can buy the mid-scale product, or you can buy a B Corp product, like a method, like an honest product. You can, you, and, and, and I'm starting to see more and more people um, expect to know what are the values of the brand that they're buying. And, and then Jennifer, I would, I would ask you to that, what do you feel, how do you feel about the, what I'm calling out the, what, the third act of the brands, which is people are expecting value, people to know the values of the brand. That train. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, well, in my experience working in hotels, it was always a constant um, topic of conversation that guests are like moving past the cookie cutter hotel and wanting more of an experience and I think that when we think about experience and a lot of brands you want it to be the same across that brand regardless if you're talking dish soap or hotels it's consistency mm -hmm. uh, I think that the thought process there is that that experience is the Instagram background or, mm -hmm. you know, like something cool and funky in your lobby. And it's not to your point that corporate responsibility and a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of things like that. Um, so I think that you're absolutely right to that point. And that conversation has been uh, put on the table and that conversation is only getting louder and louder. What is the corporate responsibility? What does social good look like? Just because you can make a dollar, where should that dollar go? Where does that dollar go? You know, and you had, you had asked me about what should, what should employees expect. I said, I would challenge people to start thinking, thinking about um, where does the dollar go? And I, and I actually think that hotels are some of the most, is, is a very um, 
opaque business because it, well, if you really think about it, from, you know, for a, for, for every dollar that's a traveler spends, and they're not, obviously, they're, I already said it, they're normally spending two, three hundred dollars for a hotel night stay. People really don't understand where that money goes or what, what is the values of the company that, that, that they are spending it with. Uh, and, I, and, I'm, and you see that conversation happen more and more and more. Um, so I, I do think that the people are craving a little more transparency, are craving to understand that a little more. And I, I, I'll use examples from other industries that I've seen. You know, as I, as I pointed out that I said, I've been really looking at other industries or businesses that um, I, I inspire me. You know, I look at a, a company like Warby Parker, you know, the eyeglass uh, uh, brand, I would say mm-hmm. maker, but re- I realized they're more than that. They're really an eyeglass brand. And their, their whole, th- their, their thought process was, you know what, buying eyeglasses, stuff. they cost so much, three, $400, even with, with that insurance, whatever, however you slice it and dice it. And there's always been $50, $20 eyeglass options available. But, you know, it's, it's almost so cheap to the point where no one really believes it. No one, no one really trusts it. They say, you know what? If people are used to buying eyeglasses for $300 and the experience sucks, how about I sell you eyeglasses for $100? And people will understand that that price point is good enough and the product is good enough. And then in addition to that, make it more transparent by, by what the smartest thing they ever did was to, was to actually demystify and tell everyone the $300 eyeglasses that you buy from, from your local optician the $100 glasses that you buy from Will Parker, it's more or less manufactured in the same factory for $10. So where does the rest of the money go? You know, and, the, and, so, and so when you say for, for the $300 eyeglasses, no one really knows where the, where the other $290 go. At least with Warby Parker, they'll, 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 they're a little more front center and say that it will go to our employees. It goes to the shipping. It goes to all these things that make it easy. Uh, for people to buy us. So I, you know, and, I, and, and I'm going to fast forward and say that, you know, there's a, there's a, what used to be a small little Canadian company uh, that is taking the e-com world by storm, Shopify. If, you know, and, and uh, Shopify has really changed the buying experience for a lot of people because it, it, it Shopify has made it so easy to buy. Um, and I would, and I would challenge some people to think about why hasn't buying hotels been as easy as a Shopify experience? Well, and how do you think that the hotels can take advantage of the, the trend that we just talked about, the, the social responsibility, the corporate responsibility trend? How do you think that hotels can take advantage of that, like right now? I think they should, well, I think it first starts with making, having a mission statement that, that reflects that. So, so and, and from the boardroom to really understand where does for where does the money go? Where does the priorities of this company go? And then you say, well, should that be front and center of your brand? Should that be featured for your brand? And and not every brand needs to be a mission-driven brand. That's I, I understand that's not as that's not realistic. But I do think that more people are willing to have those conversations. So then you say, well, where do those conversations happen? And and it's not this. It's not through a blanket email. It's not through a a. Um, it's not through a blind you know Instagram post. So then you say, well, where are you having those conversations mm-hmm. um, with your guests and customers? 
And I, th- and I think part of the opportunity here is what is the content that gets created? Like how do people, I'll bring it back to the point that I made earlier. How do people, how do those brands meet people where they are? And I'm simply saying most brands are not doing a good enough job doing that, especially when you look at hotels. Think about it. When you wake up, how do you spend your time? You're, you, you, you generally are consuming media content for news and information. You are generally consuming uh, video or audio for entertainment. So whether that is a TV show, whether that's a podcast, you're consuming, you're consuming, you're consuming. That's where people live. And, it, and it's, it's fascinating to me that hospitality and hotel brands really haven't entered that space yet. I mean, we're working on it. We're looking at us now. I mean, we have hotel talk. <laughs> well, it's so true. Well, well, well I, I'm, I'm going to, you're so right. And I, but I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Okay. Hotel talkers, right? And, and, and um, you, you, you look at any of the, you look at any of the hotel brands, um, they're not quite having that dialogue because those brands are not suited to have a dialogue because those brands are about things, not people. Sure, but like, how do we solve for that? So you and I had talked before about, you know, like meeting the guests where they are, right? Well, they're in your hotel lobby. Yeah. So what does that look like from that that angle? What can the hotels do or like the staff do um, based on our, yeah. I I would say, you know, the. One of the things I've been thinking about is that so many people get so fixated within the four walls of the building, mm-hmm. right? The four walls of the hotel. And, and, no, and if you really think about all the different experiences that people are crafting, whether it is the, um, whether, whether it's the rooftop yoga, whether it is the meditation series, whether it is the, it is the local artist talk, whether all these amazing cultural events that are happening within the four walls of the hotel. Here's how you meet people where they are. Find a way for that content to live outside those four walls. So, so what does that look like? Well, then you have to look, you have to think like a digital native. Just because there's a talk happening at that in your hotel on Thursday, June 18th, if I'm not in your hotel, how do I get the benefit of that talk? So how do you get that message out to the world? And I would challenge people to also think the consumer, the people that consume that talk aren't just your guests. It could be the people that you work with. It could be your partners. And I think by by taking the content that you create within the four walls of the hotel and locking it and putting it out to the world, you're actually sharing it with a much larger audience than you would ever have if you only focus within the four walls. True. Absolutely. But we talk about um, guest experience and we briefly spoke about, you know, ripping down that fourth wall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and allowing the staff to kind of leave their little closed in break rooms and kind of mingle with the guests a little bit more. It is. And, 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 yeah. And then the fourth wall, well, I, I was, I'll, I'll back, I was zooming back out and say, here's, I've been talking about the fourth wall, but one of the key notions is, um, because we've made, because of the convenience uh, of the uh, delivery platforms, the services mm-hmm. like a uh, food delivery service, like a um, you know the, uh, the grocery delivery service, that 
service at service at large has become invisible, where people are 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 concentrated upon receiving the service, and they don't slow down to think about the people delivering the service. So you bring that back into the hotel example. People expect their hotel rooms to be immaculately clean. No one ever stops to think, oh, who's the person that's cleaning the room? So when I talk about tearing down the fourth wall of invisible service is to say, I would challenge the, the, the people who are, who are leading teams and running hotels today. Yes, you can do the out science, out certification. I know that you know, people want to know the public safety managers, what, what is everyone doing to clean up rooms? That's it. What if you were to create an, an, an environment where your people, are, your service providers, are celebrated, are respected, treated with dignity, so that they can be in a shared space, so that they can be front and center, loud and proud. And this way, you just see he, people coexisting as opposed to um, as, as opposed to out certifying people. And you're saying stop segregating the staff to the back of the house and the guests to the front. Let your, let your staff uh, eat lunch in the restaurant. And maybe they attend the rooftop yoga. And you know what I mean? They start talking about what an amazing place the hotel is. And that's more advertising um, by word well, of advertising, Well, it's evangelism, or frankly, here's the reason why they want to talk about it. Yeah, for okay. so long, for, for, and then because I've, you know, I'd say I've only been doing this for 20 years, but obviously the, the hotel industry has been around for much longer than that. Um, Boss, we have created, created a, a, a velvet rope and we have created a curtain where we say, no, back of the house is back of the house. Where we say the people who prepare the food are in the kitchen, where the people who are cleaning the rooms are in the back halls. So then we say, well, how, how do you create an environment where the makers, right? The, the makers for so long have recently have, have received their stardom. How do you actually get the makers within the, within the hotel to receive their star moment as well and be celebrated? Yeah, absolutely. It's about staff and the guests. And I think that um, a lot of hotels focus really on um, the scripts, right? It's all about consistency and that script and there's background noise, sorry. Um, and um, I think that we need to break away from that and redefine what hospitality means. Uh, thank you for being a diamond member over and over and over again. It doesn't mean anything if you're saying it to every single person, right? Well, well so, because it, it doesn't, it really doesn't mean anything here. Here's why is because it, you, what, you know, when you talk about diamond, you're talking about loyalty programs, yeah. all forms of bribes, right? There, there, there is this innate, uh, unbalanced relationship for people to care, both from the consumer, from the guest, the customer, and the employee, right? If you, if you really think about it, and that the, the diamond uh, example is a great one. People don't become diamond members because they love that brand. It's because they they are being bribed to buy more, to get status, um, and at the same time, you know, the, the, a lot of jobs have been commoditized. Especially if you look at the talent race in the last eighteen months leading up to the recent events, and people were could not find enough talented people to work. 
they, they kept on, um, and the only way that people knew how to find more people to work were to increase wages, which is another form of bribery, or to give more, more, give more, 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 and more. But no one really did the one thing that, that everyone could actually uh, slow down and think about, which is how do you give people a reason to care? How do you give your customers a reason to care? How do you give your employees a reason to care why, what your business stands for and why your business should exist? That makes sense. So you're saying nobody does it now. Is there anyone who you think is doing it the best? You know, I think I look at inspiring you. I look at, um, you know, I look, I look at retail. Oh, I look at, I look at other, well, I, I look at, like I said, I haven't seen it done enough in the hotel space. So this is why I started looking out, outwardly. I've been looking at retail, I've been looking at other services, and I've been looking at content. Um, so I'll give you an example. Here's a, here is a, a, a technology product um, called Basecamp. It's a project management software co-founded by two people uh, based out of Chicago. And they have this notion of saying, you know what, we, they are not out to own the market. They don't have a target for market share. They are out to create a product that actually would make it easier for people to do their job, to make it easier for their own people to do their job, be reasonable with, it, with their, their aspirations for their company, mm-hmm. and be reasonable with, and, and, what, and when I say reasonable with, with aspirations is that they're a highly profitable company, they, they, they have no set target whether they want to grow 5, 10, 20, 30%. And because they don't have stupid goals, they don't have to do stupid things. Right. And, I, and, and when you say, you know, who are the people I look out to? I said, yeah. It blows me away when people say, you know what? There's a sense of I can make enough money. How, like there's a sense of I don't need to be the best or I don't need to own everything. I am proud of my product. I am proud of the, the company that people that they have built, mm-hmm. and they simply say there's enough out there in the world for everyone. That's amazing, absolutely. Um, so, what do you think the next five years holds then? Uh, you know, I I think the next five years, you you will start to see, you will continue to see more lifestyle brands enter the hotel space. I think the opportunity is for hotels to consider entering the lifestyle space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, meeting people where they are. The, 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 the thought that, like you had mentioned earlier, this is a form of that version of a Zoom podcast. Yeah. That's meeting people where they are because that's what, how people live their lives. And At least you, currently. I know. Well, and for many of us, I, I say that, you know, I, um, there's a, there's a reason why podcast has been exploding for several years. And it's because if you are not, you know, if you're not in my ear, you're not in my life. There is such an intimate relationship when you get to hear and see people on a more frequent basis and where they're able to virtue signal what they stand for. Right. It's hospitality. It is. It That's is. what we got all got into this for. 
<laughs> oh, it becomes a part of you whether you want it to or not mm -hmm. um it's just not it's not a word we just throw around in the hotel space it does it becomes a part of who you are from both the staff aspects and how you treat your staff as well as your guests so um i love that you're focusing more on the people of hospitality um yeah. and I, yeah so like if you want to talk more about that that's i would love to because i think yeah. uh, I, um I think there's, there's a great opportunity for all of us to connect the dot. Why is it connect the dot is, if you think about it from a guest perspective, a guest expects the brand to treat their people well, right? I expect, you know, and, and, and uh, replace this with, with uh, some of the brands you know. I expect Uber, the company, to treat its drivers well. Mm -hmm. I expect Instacart, the brand, to treat its delivery people well. Why I see such a great opportunity to connect that dot between I, the consumer, mm -hmm. if I see and understand the, where the, the, the people providers are, their service providers are, then I can connect and say, well, I could treat them well because I understand and there's a relatability. Yeah. So I think that's where the opportunity lies is for people, for customers and get and for guests and employees to have, to to live and share a much more equitable experience. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that you're absolutely right in being able to be more transparent with those things and figuring out new ways to do that too. Mm -hmm. um, to show like, yes, we're nice to our guests. You are a diamond member, but how do you show that that staff member is a is that diamond member as well? I think that that's um, definitely what's missing. Well, and I would challenge for those that create products to think about, don't just focus your experience solely on the guests. How do you create an experience for employees? Right, and and the, and the more that you you design those experiences from the ground up for the employees, the easier it will be to deliver that. Right. So when you yeah. talk a little bit about the, you know, I, I had first talked about all the amazing content that gets produced within the four walls of your hotel. If you unlock unlock that in a digital in a digital way, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden your employees can enjoy it because now. The rooftop yoga, the, where, where the person who, who was working couldn't be a part of, could take that home with them. The talk about the, you know, the local community happening in your meeting space, where the employee can be a part of that, they could, they could take that home with them. And all of these you know, guest experiences that are created for the guests in mind are now able to be shared much more equitable between guests and employees. That's very powerful, I think. Absolutely. So, I mean, given our current situation, I mean, what do you think as far as travel? I mean, obviously we want to show, um, you know, this like staff recognition as well, but how do you see travel just in the next couple of years? I see a shift between the last several years of, um, uh, of consumption and shifting towards conscious consumption, right? Going from doing things for the gram, doing things for social currency, mm -hmm. checking out the bar that, that very few people know about, going to the restaurant that's really hard to get into. And I start to, I'm starting to see people yearn for more. 
And it's no longer just about checking off the eaters list, checking off the things to do in whatever city. It really is going from social traveling as social currency to conscious consumption. Because we are starting to see the conversation change a little bit for people mm-hmm. to say, what is the carbon footprint of that trip? Should I really take that trip? And if I do take that trip, what should I really expect? Or what can I get out of it? I think that, yeah, then it's like, absolutely. So I, my wheels are spinning in most of my experiences in hotels. That's why I keep referencing hotels, by the way, because that's where my experience lies. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking if we want to kind of meet those guests where they are um, and offer something that's maybe a bit more uh, instead of a breakfast buffet or something like that, but instead tell them, like be more upfront about the social responsibility. Like the, our hotels are like Hilton hotels, for example, donate all of their soap to the clean the world foundation. Yeah. That's huge if they got their staff involved and maybe once a month they 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 did those like uh, what are they called hygiene kit cleans or something like that making Mm -hmm. them a part of it and then advertising that showing that out to the world are you seeing anyone other than yeah anyone doing that and anything like that no and 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 this is why i go back to the retail examples which is it's it, it by design it's hard for hotel companies to do that because they don't have enough product if, right, if you think about it, their, own, their one and only product is a room night stay. Whereas opposed to a Tom's shoe, which is you buy a pair, a pair goes to a, a, goes to a, a greater cost. You buy Warby Parker, you buy an eyeglass, a, another pair goes to a greater cost. Well, when you look at that at a hotel, you buy a hotel, and recent years what I've seen is great people say, I'll kind of treat your name. Yeah. And there, there, if you think just the economics of that, great, I buy a pair of $60 shoes, someone gets a pair of $60 shoes. It doesn't cost $60. We're, we're, we're all smart enough to figure that out, but people know what the value that's, what that is. You buy $100 glasses, someone gets $100 glasses. You buy a $300 room, someone gets a tree. I don't know how much that costs. <laughs> they get a $300 tree. Okay. Exactly. So <laughs> people don't fair. understand the value proposition. And so then how you solve for this is, for hotels to consider designing products that people could actually have, that could be, uh, that could be designed to be more shareable. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm thinking on that. I think it's interesting. And, that, and that's that what my great. team and I are, are, are thinking, reimagining. Um, I've been saying, what are, what are those, what are those products that, that can be, um, that can be enjoyed outside of the hotel? Yeah. I mean, any insights, I mean, whatever you can share. Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know, but we'll have you on again and then we'll have you share all of your secrets. Um, (laughs) No, that's awesome. Um, What was I going to say? I just totally, I'm so sorry. I just completely just lost my train of thought. Um, It's gone. It's just too it's, it's completely left my mind. Um, so I know that you are, um, you're working on this project. Um, mm-hmm. but what else? I mean, like, I know, I mean, what else are you seeing currently, um, that you have an opinion on? Yeah. Well, I, um, yeah, something that's been, that, that's kind of been on my mind for a little bit. I'm trying to figure out is that, remember when I talked about this is probably the largest talent transition of the last decade. Right, think about like, you know, 
whether it's one company or another that has had a massive furlough, layoff, transition plans. And I, I believe positively that new teams will be formed, new people will find great work. That's all that's over the next 18 months or so. All these things, all these transitions will happen. I think that I think there's a few things to keep in mind. If if you are an employer, I mean, if you are in a position to hire people, be mindful and conscious about what does it mean when you have when when you expect to have new teams formed consistently and constantly for the next 18 months, because you will have more new voices in the room than ever before. Incredibly smart people who may not know how to contribute the best way to that team just yet. So if you're an employer and a leader of others, consider what does it mean to build your team over the next 18 months? And another thing to consider, and this relates to a little more of the economics of it is, for you as someone who has been doing this for whether it's a few months or a few decades, be conscious and know your worth, your value, and be reasonable and respectful of it. One of the things that, that concerns me is, I know people, like if, if employers are more transparent and more front and center, people will reasonably know that if business levels are down, then, then the people are not able to invest as much into those people. So whether that's a reduction of salaries and wages, so-and-so. Mm -hmm. But as you know, the business will rebound, it's a matter of time, Right. And asking for for employers and people of position to keep that in mind. Where, oh, absolutely, especially where, now. Especially now, and especially as the business rebounds, which is that if you are an employer and pers person of, of power, and if you ask for someone to take a, a wage reduction in order for the business to stay afloat, well, make sure the wage gets adjusted when the business is afloat, and and not to. Um, Frankly, not to get greedy on that, because I, I would expect a lot of people to see savings on the table and will be too tempted to get greedy. Yeah. And um, I mean, now I think we are in a unique position to hit that reset button on mm -hmm. both the corporate side and on as an employee side, too. So many people being... Um, like let go right now and hotels are shuttering and whatnot again mm -hmm. business will recover but now guess what those employees probably should be a little more picky i hope that they're going to be a little more picky to your point i really really do hope so and that they're not just going to just scramble into the first hotel that has an opening because obviously right. they need work but to just like take a step back take a deep breath realize your worth and look for those companies that do have that corporate responsibility who are showing that to not just their guests, but well, to their guests, but also to their employees as well. Yeah. And, and you'll find that, um, you know, companies who invest in people, who treat people fairly and want to do the right thing will always win the long run. I agree. I could not agree more than with that statement. 100%. Bashar is distracting me, by the way. Yeah, I'm calling you out. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on today. I really, really do. I think that your insights are gold. I think that you are 100% spot on. Um, I Yeah, I think that everyone could learn a lot from what you're saying. And I think that people are thinking about it. Um, so I think are. And one of the things I'm most mindful of, of is that I want to amplify the questions 
Because mm -hmm. I, I don't believe the, the solves I have are necessarily the best. I, but I believe if there's enough people talking the same conversation, uh, and people will create amazing things to come. I agree. That's amazing. Does anyone have any questions for Leslie? I'm afraid of asking that now. But yeah, does anyone have any questions? This is hotel talk. So guys, feel free to unmute yourselves and talk. Okay. Give that a second. See if that happens. Nobody wants to talk. I think they're all being bashful. That's okay. Um, what else? Let's see. So we covered that. I appreciate everything that you came on to talk about today. Mm -hmm. um, does anyone have any updates they want to share? Nobody is going to want to talk today at all, are they? I think that I've scared everyone away because there's so many people on here. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so typically what happens at the end of the call is that we will come on and share updates that are happening um, in the markets, hotels that are reopening. Uh, maybe, you know, we've heard that new cases are coming up in COVID on the Sunbelt. So some hotels are like closing their doors again. So I'm hoping that that's not going to be a trend, but everyone hopefully will just stay positive. Um, for sure. And, um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen this time. So I am not afraid to wrap this up early. Um, <laughs> if nobody has any questions and you don't have any parting words, I'm going to give everyone their time back. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, Jennifer, yeah. thank, you. thank you so much for having me on. Like, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of this community. I'm, I look forward to, well, I look forward to being a part of this community and I'll, I'll, I'll stick I will be here um, and continue the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, I'm thrilled to share, share, you know, my, my, I guess, share my conversation with people uh, as I'm asking for people to think about what a business can do and mm -hmm. how to give a reason for your guests and employees to care. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely spot on, like I said. And uh, for the next time that you come on, I'm definitely going to prepare like a ton more questions. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I went through them all and I've talked about everything that I, I that we had planned and what I had wanted to bring up. So, I mean, this works. So thank you so much. And um, I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care. Bye, guys.